Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's the WNR 409. It's Impact No Surrender. And yes, seen gentlemen, the rumours are true because today it is the return of the ultimate one. How you doing, man? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? I know I've been in hiatus for for a couple of months, you know, and this is, uh, I think we spoke before Bound for Glory. And I've been busy, very busy, man. Just, you know, catching up with all this uh, wrestling stuff going on. I, I like with how the wrestling scene started this year. Uh, in my case, you know, I've been interviewing a lot of wrestlers in the indie scene. So, and I, I've been busy, man. Busy, real busy. Well, like I said, you, everything. I miss you, bro. I know, I miss you too. Like I said, you're still part of Team WNR. As always, like I said, unbelievably, your last show was a Halloween special. Um, so you see, you've been, you know, what have you been up to? I see a lot of pictures with important wrestlers, people like Will Ospreay and stuff like that. So you have been enjoying yourself with your time off. Yeah, I mean, uh, not only I've, I've been doing a lot of podcasts, you know, covering what I do every week, but I, I, I made my return to the House of Glory up here in New York City, which is a, a indie uh, indie company, which I, um, is owned by Master P, the rapper here in California. Um, and they always bring a lot of talent. Uh, uh, I think when I when I started going again, I believe it was November, where they had the Will Ospreay versus Amazing Red. I got the honor to take a picture and meet Amazing Red, the uh, not uh, Amazing Red and Will Ospreay. Wow. Um, Will Ospreay. This is what I believe was like two months before his Wrestle Kingdom match. That was cool. Then the following month, I got to go to. Let's see. Uh, actually, the following month, I got to see the uh, House of Glory Women's Tournament. They had Diana Perrazzo. They had Jordan Grace. Uh, they had um, who else? They had there. Uh, the, I know it was Diana Perrazzo. That's the reason I went. Diana, oh, Mercedes Martinez. So that was cool. Um, last uh, the, matter of fact, this month, uh, I got to go again to House of Glory, and they had Jay White. That was an honor because you know I'm a Bullet Club mark you know so <laughs> just to meet uh jay white cool dude man it's just like you know you, you could tell that that you know he doesn't he's he, he, he let, he'll let you know right then and there if you start acting like a mark and getting all crazy and whatnot he'll let you know hey calm down so he was real cool um so now i think next month uh, i'll definitely they'll have a um they're gonna have a match between lucha bros versus the briscoe brothers and you guys could catch that on Fight TV because they do have House of Glory. They have they show on Fight TV. Um, but let me tell you something. That's a that's a I believe a small in the promotion. They've been around for a while. That's gonna be the one that's gonna it's gonna come out of nowhere. It's gonna surpass I think a lot of these little other indie shows because they I'm telling you that it, it's been crazy um, um, since the last since I've been going since 2019. They always has they always have a good show. They had uh, last this month they had Jay Lethal versus Loki out of nowhere. A couple of uh, the month before that Eddie Kingston showed up, um, and they had Buddy Matthews. I got I got, also got to meet Buddy Matthews also. So and I've been busy man, and then uh, also dealing with uh, with ECPW, which is a, another small little promotion up in upstate New York. Um, I'm very cool with the promoter there. So I, I, I had interviews with the uh, viral champion in that company and the world champion, the company. 
I also am planning to have a uh, interview with Steve Mack, hopefully next week if everything goes well. So you know, I've been you know I've been doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of stuff. On, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 been, yeah. It, it's overwhelmed. When I tell you it's overwhelmed, it's overwhelmed. But I'm, you know, it's it's just, you know, the love for the business. You know, I, I'm still able to sit down and catch up with AEW and all the crazy stuff that's going on. And right now, before I got on, I just um, I was downloading the um, my YouTube video that I'm going to put up later on. So I'm like, I've been very active on YouTube. Um, I put a, uh, a video every week. And um, so I, you know, I'm trying to get very active, get my brand out there, you know, you know. But I, I miss my my you know my UK people, and you know what I'm saying, and, and and definitely miss you and the WNR team, you know what I'm saying. And um, so you know, uh, but you know, I told you once once I'm 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 good, we definitely gonna have to catch up. Uh, Impact, you know. Um, so I got to see Impact Wrestling with the stuff that's been going on the last two months, and you know, it's 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 been good. Uh, and we're going to be talking about the No Surrender pay-per-view. Um, so, you know, I got a lot of things to say about it. Well, like I said, like I said again, just listening off what you've been up to, I'm glad that you have got time to do the podcast here today. And like I said, we are going to catch up all on Impact Wrestling uh, with Hard right. to Kill and No Surrender. But first, thoughts on Bound for Glory. Because like I said, looking back on last year, the amount of shows we did uh, about Impact Wrestling leading up, to the kind of big show which was bound for glory uh, and there was a lot of disappointment at my end but i think especially yours so uh from bound for glory last year to impact to the end of the year what kind of you turned you off the product so to speak well I, I for one um the thing that really got to me was the fact that they took the belts away the tag team belt the woman knockouts from uh, decay even though you know we make fun of decay because they open up shows and all this but when you bring in a tag team that was signed by WWE, or in my view, it's just my opinion, maybe a lot of people won't agree with me. I felt that uh, the inspiration, I think that's the name now, um, did not deserve a title shot at Decay. Um, I felt like, okay, you're, you got a bunch of other tag teams in there, female tag teams, even though they don't have a lot of female tag teams, but you're bringing in Someone that used to be in WWE, so you're going to go and bring this tag team in without being the number one contenders, and you bring them and put the titles on them, you know? That was a turnoff because I felt like uh, Impact was trying to, I guess, show everybody, oh, look, you know, WWE didn't know how to work with them, so look what we did. We gave them the belt. So that was a turnoff. And then the biggest turnoff was um, the Josh Alexander situation. Now, I understand that Moves won a, 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 a tournament, whatever it was. A, I don't know how many men was it, but he won something called contract, make your call, whatever. But I felt that Josh Alexander winning the world title after he being the hottest wrestler in 2021 for Impact, with all those great matches he had with J, uh, TJP, um, we could go on with all the wrestlers he fought and beat. For you to do that, have this man beat Christian and then take the bell away from him minutes afterwards was the biggest turnoff to me because it's like, okay, this guy worked his ass off to get to where he was. He gave his bell the option C, gave his bell the exhibition bell because no one could beat him. And then here you go and take the bell to put it on most on a guy who was hot 
in the beginning of the year when he was he teamed up with Rich Swan and uh, uh, I forgot the other guy from one of the City Machine against Omega and the and the Good Brothers. And me, me and you talked about it. when I said Moose is the hottest thing going on. And instead of them pushing Moose, they didn't push Moose after he lost to Omega. They had him lose to uh, uh, Chris Saban. And uh, I think not once but twice. He was losing to all these guys. He lost, I think, to uh, uh, Tamahiro Ishii in, in New Japan. So he was losing to all these guys. And all of a sudden, now you got this guy in, a, in a, some type of battle royal or whatever. He wins the stuff. And then instead of having him wrestle Josh Alexander the following pay-per-view or whatever, the Impact Plus that they do every month, they had him beat him minutes after he just beat Christian. And to me, that was a turnoff. And then and then the follow-up after that made it worse because now Josh Alexander is no longer with Impact because they didn't, have, they didn't sign him. He didn't sign. So well, this is, like I said, I'll stop there because this is the interesting thing. So we, we got to the end of it because obviously with and Kelly Omega involved in Impact got us interested and then people like Josh Alexander was there. And like I said, I was annoyed uh, with obviously Moose winning, especially after the kind of, like I said, momentum drop that he had. But then you're thinking 2022 is the year for, you know, Josh Alexander to get back back on the mountaintop and it's going to be interesting. And there's no doubt 2022 has been interesting for Impact. So we're going to pick it up from that point, basically, the turn of the year. We got some news to start off the year as well, because my favourites, uh, Rohit Raju, who, as you know, we've done shows, I think such a great heel. He is no longer with Impact Wrestling. Yes. Uh, yeah. Do you think they dropped the ball there? Because he could have done oh. anything. Yeah, I mean, this, this guy, uh, Rohit Raju was, to me, one of the uh, uh, underrated guys. They, they didn't know how to I mean, He was a, a, a ex-division champion. Or whatever, and for them to let them go, I, I just like I said, I don't know what they're thinking, and, and, and maybe because they figure, well, you know what, we'll probably bring in somebody else that might be a little bit better, you know, um, and you know, we don't know what happens behind the scene. Maybe they, you know, maybe they wanted to give him some type of contract a little better than, you know, than what he wanted, and he didn't accept it. But I think they dropped the ball on him too. They, they've been dropping the ball for a while, and, and I, I don't know. Um, they did done. They have picked up one individual. What we'll talk about that is, is is pretty good. But you can't be losing. You can't be losing wrestlers if you're trying to build uh, uh, or take impact out of the damn um, slums. Because every time, and you probably could agree with me, every time it looks like impact is doing that curve, like they turn the corner, they go and do something the opposite, and then they're right back to the same spot. I think one of the, I mean, again, we never like to see people lose their jobs, but one of the people that have left Impact at the start of the year as well was Matt Stryker. Who, uh, to start, well, I think I pointed out how annoying he can be. Uh, Matt Stryker <laughs> has left, and now we've got who I used to call Tom or Todd Phillips going to come off like a veil belt, or what they look, but Tom Hannafin has taken over as well. Um, but I think that's a good move because, again, I don't think Matt Stryker got what Impact was trying to be about. Yeah, let me tell you something. Me and you make fun of Matt Striker. Matt Striker is was always trying to give us a history lesson instead of concentrating on the match. I think they, that Tom Phillips or whatever he's called now in there, along with uh, Rainwall, is a good, refreshing uh, commentating team. I mean, even though I don't know 
they, they did that whole angle with uh, D'Lo, but but then this new group now, I like Ringwald and I like um, Tom Phillips because if they more into the match, they make it more interesting. You don't have someone giving you a history lesson like Matt Stryker did. Don't get me wrong, Matt Stryker is a guy who's very well educated when it comes to the business, but I think this commentating group, I think honestly, Impact hit a home run by picking up Tom Phillips. Well, like I said, and he was there to present the first pay-per-view of the year for Impact, Hard to Kill. I really like this setting as well. felt different to a normal Impact, and it should do, considering I paid $20 for this, you know. Uh, the first match on the card was the first ever six-women Ultimate X match. Uh, of course, Jordan Grace with Rosemary Chelsea-Green, Alicia Edwards, Lady Frost, but Tasha Stills won. Um, I think Alicia sometimes can be so dangerous. Looks like she's trying to kill herself in a wrestling ring. Um, but this match didn't stop. I thought it was a really, really good opener. Yeah, it, it was pretty good. But it, it goes to show you, I was happy that Tasha Steele was, won that, you know, won that uh, because it's something different. Um, Eddie Edwards' wife, yeah, she 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 was uh, doing too much, yeah. to my mind. And um, she's not, you could tell she's green as hell. And whatnot, um, and I think um, you know she should she, she should have been nowhere near that card. But yeah. I mean the the whole X division, um, the way they put it this way, for them to have a woman's X division that they never ever in the history ever had, and mind you that they had had female wrestlers there for a while, was a cool thing. And then for Tasha Steels to win it, I mean I was happy with that. First of all, she's from my country, so I'm I was happy for that. And um, you know. But it's something something different, and it shows that Impact is trying to do something different. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, so th- that was a good way to start. We didn't have no uh, decay of starting a. It did disappoint me a little bit, but like I said, great way to start showing them. Macklin versus Trey Miguel for the title. Macklin showed incredible toughness in this, but Miguel. Became the first man to beat him. I think forgotten no more after this. This has got to be one of my favourite feuds on Impact. Um, it was just, you know, Trey flew out, flying through the ring and jumping, and uh, Spears by Macklin as well. This was a great match and story. Yeah, Macklin, Macklin had impressed me a lot when, before um, I, I stopped watching Impact. Uh, I always thought that, you know, what he brought to the table was pretty good, but Trey Miguel, this guy, you know, when, when he wrestles, you know, you know you're going to get a good match. Um, them two wrestling each other was a different style because Macklin is more of a ground and pound type of guy when Miguel is usually doing, um, you know, acrobats and, you know, doing all these dives and all that. But this match, again, uh, it you could tell that Impact was trying to do something different. Um, they started off with the X Division, Women's Division stuff, and then you throw in the Trey Macklin, I mean, Trey Miguel and uh, Macklin match, it was pretty good. I, I like, I like what, um, of course, I like what Miguel brings. I think he was, he was a smart move for him to stay with Impact. And Macklin again, you know, this guy, he, he's gonna go places if Impact knows how to use him. You know what I'm saying? Um, they keep up with, you know, the with that or whatever. Um, but it was a good match. I, I, I like it. It's pretty good. Yeah, right. Uh, then we get the voice of the Ring of Honor commentator Ian Riccaboni and the Cruz. 
for the Ring of Honor World Championship match, which Jonathan Gresham defended the great Chris Sabin fought under Ring of Honor pure rules. We see a series of pins reversal give way to Gresham bridging over Sabin and scoring a victory. Uh, of course, I watched the early days of Ring of Honor, but not much since I would say probably Tyler Black's era, which has been a long time. I have seen Grisham on New Japan Strong. Um, I thought the commentary did a great job as well trying to explain it. The fans maybe weren't as into it because of nice exchanges as well. But have you seen more Ring of Honor, obviously, more recently than I have? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Ring, Ring, when it comes to Ring of Honor, I mean, I'm a, I, I, I didn't watch every week, but I kept I kept on top when it came to their pay-per-views. So as far as Jonathan Gresham, Jonathan Gresham, this guy... Uh, for his size, he has shown how good he is. I mean, and Jonathan Gresham, especially when they, um, Ring of Honor, I think a year and a half ago, they brought back the pure title, um, and they brought that, you know, only that um, grappling wrestling. Jonathan Gresham has gone to another level. This guy, he he's that good. And then you get in the ring with a guy like Chris Saban, who's a big, you know, he's a, he, a guy's a legend in impact. Uh, and, and you bring in that veteran skill again. These two, I mean, that match was pretty good. But I, I knew for a fact that Chris Simmons was not going to beat him because Jonathan Gresham, wherever he goes, this guy is is, is a masterful. He could reverse anything. But he's more into that pure wrestling where, you know, you can only grab the ropes three times after that. There's no rope break. Um, or, so that that is pretty good because that shows you uh, um, when you got that type of wrestling, shows what the opponent could bring. If he's going to be able to get out of any technical hold that Gresham brings, but the guy, he's that good. He is that good. That match between them two was pretty. It was pretty good. That type of wrestling, I love that wrestling. That type of wrestling because it, yeah. it kind of it kind of reminds me of you know Ring of Honor type wrestling. You know, especially Sabin. Sabin used to be in Ring of Honor also. So you know, that, I mean, again, I was very impressed. With the first three matches, what how hard to kill started? Yeah, without doubt. And then up next, Josh Alexander versus Jonah. Of course, Jonah arrived in impact back at turning point. Sent to the message to the locker room, made an example of Alexander. And he dominated the match. Moonsault, uh, leaving Alexander to get the ankle lock. And uh, uh, the big man tapped out. I mean, this had been a great build. We had a bit of sound problems during the match, which took away uh, with the picture issues as well. But, I mean, Alexander flying into the crowd was terrific. This was a great match because Jonah, in defeat, still looked like a monster. Uh, that guy is a monster. Let me tell you something. And, and, and you know, Bronson Reed, uh, he was known at NXT, has become more famous now than when he was in NXT. He, him being in Jonah after what he did, when he introduced himself and um, New Japan Strong, and he ended up attacking um, who was it? Juice Robinson. Yep. Uh, in a pay per view, and then he comes to Impact and attacks um, Josh Alexander. I mean, again, they should. I think Josh Alexander should have had the belt at that time when they, um, these guys wrestle each other. You know what I'm saying? Because they would have made it more. I mean, don't get me wrong. The match between them two was awesome. We're talking about there was some ground pound. I mean, you see a guy weighing 300 pounds does move like. Uh, Jonah does is incredible, you know, and you know it was, uh, it was more of a you know David versus Goliath. Even though you know uh, uh, Josh Alexander, you know he he's powerful, but Jonah right now is just ridiculous. This guy, even in defeat, he looks good. 
Well, you know? I'll tell you something as well. For people maybe strong, needs to go check out uh, Bad Tito and Jonah versus, like I say, Finn Juice. Because it is an awesome tag team match. That, that Jonah himself is putting in performances. Like I said, he's got this monster aura about him. Like You just feel wherever he wants to go, whatever company he picks, he's going to be world champion there, you know? Yeah, I, and listen, that's the guy that I feel should be the next world champion right now. Because he, I mean, he's that good. The guy, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i like, this is why sometimes I, I, I scratch my head, like, how did WWE let a guy like that go, you know? And now he's he's well known. I mean, I mean, I don't know how much you have followed him, Jonah, and before he went to NXT, but when I first saw Jonah was in NXT, and I saw him, I'm like, wow, this guy's pretty good. But now, this guy, you know, if he doesn't win the Impact World Title down the line this year, I, I, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, some bit of good by Impact. And then up next, VBD and the Good Brothers versus Swan, Mac, Rhino, Heath, and Eddie Edwards. Uh, the rules were simple. It's for the hardcore war. Think war games without the double rings and the steel cages. Rhino delivered a gore. Heath pinned Anderson for the win. But after the match, Ring of Honor's Matt Tavern, Mike Bennett, Vincent, and P- uh, PCO hit the ring and laid waste to the baby faces. Maria Canellis joined them in the ring, standing tall to close out this shocking set going on we've seen some great matches and this one maybe wasn't the best but then you get something like that happening afterwards which kind of shook me because i thought oh shit i know what we're gonna get here now no oh, i was happy you know why i was happy because i was tired of seeing this damn uh uh by design the good brothers against rhino and it's just like they've been doing this for the last couple of months and then now you have something different you know what i'm saying now after the match you had these guys from Ring of Honor just come in and attack. Not it, it to me, it was great because I'm like, okay, this is something different. Like I said, in the beginning from the pay per view to to that point, it was like something different. I said, wow, you know, Impact is really doing something different. And then to see Ring of Honor guys there, I was like, wow. So now Impact's gonna be working with Ring of Honor. That's cool because you know that will help Ring of Honor come back, and they could use you know they could have some type of working relationship. Since Impact decided not to work with AEW after being bound for glory, which was another head scratcher. So seeing this was uh, it was good for me because I'm like, you know what? We're going to see something different. This is the beginning of the year. Impact is moving to a, a, you know, to a good place right now. Let's see how they work, how they work around this. You know, I mean, watching PCO and then, you know, uh, then finding out PCO signed with Impact. I don't know about the other guys, but I know PCO signed with Impact. Uh, I mean, it's a good move because the guy, even though he's 57 years old, he still could do crazy stuff. You've seen it. So. Yeah. Well, without a doubt, like I said, and a real shocking moment in a pay-per-view kind of oh, yeah. of really, really good stuff. And in the Impact World title match, uh, Matt Cardona versus Moose versus Morrissey, all three started at an incredible pace. There was a lot of shenanigans going on where Cardona went into green and the ref. Traction allowed Moose to deliver the lights out spirit for We had Morris off the top turnbuckle through a table. I mean, attitude era, eat your heart out for this. This was just three guys, you know, absolutely sacrificing everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it was two guys that you probably won't expect, like a, a normal wrestling fan who, you know, who we. Who are critical to any little bullcrap 
that a WWE guy did, whatever. It was pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Matt Cardona right now, and I know a lot of people will agree with me, Matt Cardona is the hottest thing right now in wrestling. This guy is everywhere. This guy is, uh, he just won the NWA title. So, you know, for him being, at first when I saw it, I'm like, okay, he's getting a world title shot. I don't know, but he's been losing all these matches. So I was like, you know what? But at the end of the day, this is a, the, the comeback wrestler of the year to me, my knowledge, when I did my uh, my year-end podcast about it. I felt that he was the comeback wrestler of the year because this is a guy who was not being used in WWE, made his debut in AEW. Now he was in Impact, was doing mostly intergender matches. And for him to get a title shot, I was like, okay, where's this going? But that match between Dump 3, it was, it was a lot of shenanigans. I mean... I did not expect Moose to lose. I knew something crazy was going to happen um, at the end of the match, but it was worth it. I mean, and, and, and you know, I wasn't disappointed because then I knew that, I mean, yeah, I said either one of these two are going to get another title shot and, you know, Morrissey ended up getting the, the next title shot. But, you know, it was pretty good. It wasn't it wasn't bad. The pay-per-view itself, I mean, had me, had me coming back to watch Impact weekly because I'm like, okay, where is this going? No, I was say, and the other pleasant, pleasant surprise would be the fact that they Impact started the pay per view with a women's match, and it main evented the women's match because a Texas Death match for the knockout start of Mickey James versus Young oh, Prince. Yeah. And I mean, these two. I mean, we saw a bag of thumbtacks, of course. Uh, we're both going into it. A callback to WrestleMania 22. Uh, we see Ray Walt getting hit <laughs> with a guitar shot as well. Uh, and of course, finally, with a mick kick, putting Prazzo down under plenty of plunder with James retaining the title. This went from straight up wrestling to hardcore, or country, I suppose. And Diona looked like she despised Mickey. Both women beat the piss out of each other. Both bloody and beating with taking the thumbtacks. Uh, How Mickey survived the table, I'll never know. I thought this was a fantastic main event. Yeah, it was a it was a good uh, it was a good match. I knew Mickey James was gonna win because of the fact that she was announced to. Uh, at first, when they announced that she was gonna come out the Rumble, I was like, "Well, I guess she's gonna lose the belt to Diana." But then they were like, "Oh, she they they, they named the Impact Knockout Champion." I said, "Well, I guess uh, Diana's gonna lose." But it was a good match. I mean, it was it was surprising that they went that far. I mean, I'm like. But then again, remember, this is not the first time that Mickey James has been in a crazy match like that. Because I believe, if I'm correct, Mickey James and Victoria had their first women's cage match years ago in Impact and whatnot. So this is not her first rodeo in some article. And trust me, that match, Victoria and her, a couple of years ago, that was brutal. It was very, I mean, thumbtacks were not taken out, but it was brutal. But these, this, these two, especially, um, you know, Deanna Perrazzo, um, I got to give her credit for actually having this type of match because the girl is a, you know, a technical wrestler. She, you know, she she calls herself one of the best wrestlers in the world, which to me she is. But I was very surprised that they actually booked this match, and it was it was good. It was good. They had blood, blood was spilled, and it was worth it. It was worth the match. Was pretty good. So you know, um. I'm, I'm kudos to Mickey James and um, Diana Peraza for putting up that type of work in that match. I mean, I mean, thumbtacks, you got to be brave. You have to be brave because I mean, I think Mickey James caught thumbtacks in the back. I'm, I'm not 
yeah, mistaken. like I said, straight there, uh, Diona with oh. maybe maybe her first blade job as well. But as you Ooh. said, what a fucking show! It made you want to come back for. If they yeah. had delivered this for Bound for Glory, you and I would be sitting there going, "Well, you know what an impact!" But it had to take, I guess, a fail in that show, and this felt ten times bigger than Bound for Glory. You know, you know what's crazy is that I think this besides I think uh, I believe it was Anniversary uh, was one of the best shows they had last year. Anniversary and Rebellion was one of the two best shows that they had. For them to start the year the way they started now, I was like, wow, they probably turning the corner again. You know how I was online. You heard me online. You saw my my post on Twitter. I'm not investing my time on Impact. They're going to play me again. But but when I saw that they made the announcement between um, uh, Jonathan Gresham and Chris Saban, and then I said, let me watch this. And then I saw what I was like, wow, they, they came out of the gates. Impact came out of the gate hard, and and that's and you know not to um, pun, you know no pun intended, but it was you know they came out hard out of the, the out of the gate for this year. So you know, um, and so I had to follow up to see where it was gonna go and, and, and where it was gonna head. So you know that's why I started watching weekly again. Well, like you said, there's so much uh, to like from this. I have rewatched it as well. Not one match I didn't enjoy. Everybody worked their ass off. And we move on to Impact the 13th of January. Like I said, the uh, one of the matches that really caught my eye was Triple A, Reina De Reina's champ, Jenna Perazzo, defeating Ring of Honor as a women's world champion, Roxy, in a winner-take-all match. Uh, watch this match. Uh, perhaps who, of course, is a double champion after made Roxy verbally submit. Roxy only 21 and really smooth. It's the first time seeing her. Really enjoyed it. But if you want to rebound from losing at a main event pay-per-view, then come back and become a double champion. Uh, and that is basically what it is. An impact, I'm sure you agree, is kind of the king of a worker relationship. You know, because we've seen... So much now. We talk about AEW and AAA, uh, Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan, of course. It's just they work, and WWE now, they can work with anybody. Yeah, uh, if, uh, this match between Roxy and Diana uh, Peraza. Now, Roxy, I've seen her uh, in Ring of Honor. Um, she's pretty good. And um, the fact that her title ring was kind of, kind of short because she just won that belt, I think, on December. Uh, I think it was in December, I think she won the belt. Um, and she's pretty good. She's only 21. I know that uh, she had uh, done some tryouts in WWE for NXT. I don't know if she's going to go there. She has. Well, but, just, she has been signed now. So I think WBC uh, the okay. talent. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think they did. Um, um, but, you know, she gave uh, Deanna Peraza a run for the money. The fact that Deanna Peraza put her in that arm lock they looked like her shoulder was gonna pop and she didn't want to give up i'm like yo that girl i had to give her credit what credit is due and i think the reason probably that, that she lost the belt was because she was already gonna sign with nxt so i mean the fact they got diana perrazzo with double belts and impact makes it real interesting because don't be surprised if she does wrestle mickey james again for that belt and becomes triple champion yeah because I mean, yeah you can't you can't have Deanna Peraza with two belts and don't acknowledge the woman. And then you have the knockout champion, uh, uh, you know, Mickey James, which I'm not too happy with her walking around with that belt. Um, but 
you're going to have a, a, a champion, a championship match where everything goes. All those three belts are going to be on the line. I'm, I'm, right now, that's my prediction. Well, like I said, we've got Rebellion coming up in April, which is next pay-per-view. I would pay to see that match. Like you said, all three titles on the line would be great. But after the match, we saw Maria Canales Bennett get in the ring and told Perazzo she was t- taking those titles. The rest of the Ring of Honor rogues surrounded Perazzo. So Ray Wall jumped in defender, but the numbers game was a bit too much. Rich Swan and Willie Mack ran down for the save, but got laid out by the Ring of a group who stood tall as the show went off the air. Like I said, really exciting times at this moment. This is... Do you think this is the invasion angle people thought AEW would do with it last year, yeah, opposed yeah, to what happened? Great question. Great question, because I think, you know, what Ring of Honor and Impact did, as far as this invasion angle, this should have happened with AEW. Because... It's not like AEW couldn't use any of their, you know, their dark performers or, or, or whatever, Lucian, and you could have brought us a couple of guys and done some type of angle. Um, you know, they, they should have done that. This is the angle, I believe. There's more to this Ring of Honor stuff, and don't be surprised, because I know Ring of Honor is supposed to be coming back in April with a supercar of honor, so don't be surprised. You see uh, Briscoe Brothers show up. At, at Impact, which will be incredible, have them wrestle the Good Brothers. Um, I mean, man, let me tell you something. Impact right now, Impact has the ball in their court, and they could run with this anywhere, James. I'm telling you, they could make. This is their 20 year anniversary. This is where you go, and you and you take this and run with it. And if you got to bring other people and work with other people, let it happen. But this Ring of Honor thing. It, I believe it's going to get bigger and it's going to get better. All right, uh, well, Impact 20th of uh, January. Josh Alexander beat Charlie Haas. Excuse me, we saw Charlie Haas come out uh, during a promo segment with Josh Alexander leading to a match. Uh, he suffered a concussion during the match, was taken off with stre- uh, by a stretcher. He just like he said, he thanks everyone and the great Impact management and said that Charlie Haas is not dead. It was good to see Charlie Hodge, but a bit unfortunate about what happened. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised to even see Charlie Hodge. I haven't seen Charlie Hodge wrestle since 2012. But that was the last time he was teaming up with Sheldon Benjamin as the great, world's greatest tag team, and he was in Ring of Honor at that time. Uh, you know, it's nice to see someone who uh, I know he had a lot of a lot of injuries, where I think mostly his knees, health-wise, whatever, I think he took a bad bump and he fell outside and he caught a concussion. Um, but it was nice to see him and Josh Alexander have a good match. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see where if he comes back. I think it's probably a one-time deal. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, I don't think the insurance on that. I don't think it's going to cover. Should we insure Charlie Hawes? I mean, Charlie Hawes, how old is this guy? This guy's probably over 40. He, yeah. You know, and he looked like... He's trimmed. He's not in wrestling shape because that, that goes to show you. Boom! He got knocked out. He got pushed. He just got pushed and he ran down. He landed wrong. So remember, you haven't been wrestling for years, and now you're taking a bump like that. And if you land awkward, there you go. You got a concussion. Right, that. Well, Impact 27th for January. We see Mickey James talk about the Royal Rumble and a chance to win and make history line in a champion versus champion match. Now, I know there's a lot of negativity about kind of how Mickey James left WWE, but I still think it was great for Impact to have her in the Royal Rumble match 
even though she might not accomplish much in it, to still come out with a title and the hardcore country playing, I think still was a big moment. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you here. As honest as I can be. So, I think when they made the announcement and all that about how coming out of WWE, I think, one, they were trying to push... They, WWE did them a favor uh, by pushing... The, remember, the pay-per-view was that weekend when they made the announcement. Um, so, that was helpful for Impact because now you get the WWE fans to go watch Impact, which, in a way, it's kind of a little bit crazy for WWE fans because then they could get hooked. So, I mean... We just talked about how great Hard to Kill was. How many of the people at WWE fans actually probably went and saw Hard to Kill? They were like, wow, this is pretty good, right? But at the end of the day, it was more WWE needing, they were needing more uh, Mickey James because they were short of female wrestlers. And if you saw the Rumble, a lot of the Rumble was mostly divas, you know? Now, was it good for Mickey James to come out of the Rumble? Of course, because now... She came out, they, they allowed her to come out with the belt. Now, you couldn't use the word impact, you know, you couldn't use the word impact during the broadcast of Royal Rumble. So, you know, but yet, I mean, I wasn't expecting her to be there for 30, 40 minutes. I mean, she did very well, you know. Um, you knew she wasn't going to win the Rumble. I mean, but WWE could have been smart, right? They could have went, have Mickey James, and I don't know if you heard my other podcast during that time, I said, have Mickey James win the Rumble and then have a three-way between, at that time, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and the Knockouts champion. And that's a WrestleMania car match. Yeah. They, then you could actually say, well, yes, WWE is really working with Impact and they are, it's a forbidden door. But they didn't do that. Instead, they gave it to Ronda Rousey. The rest is history. Um, I know Mickey James thinks that uh, WWE could work with Impact again. I don't see it because I, I feel that WWE pretty much uh, used Mickey James for their purposes because they were short of female wrestlers. At the same time, they helped Impact because, you know, it's telling their fans, look, take a look at this um, Impact um, um, wrestling. And some people may have gotten hooked. You don't know. But, you know. Well, I found Maybe interesting. I think it's a win-win situation if you think about it. Yeah, what I found interesting is that Mickey James accepted. The inspiration said no. They said, look, we've left the WWE. We're trying to create our own thing now. Because the Iconics at the Rumble would, of course, confusion. Which I can stick by. Don't get me wrong. I understand what the inspiration meant by that. I understand why Mickey James did it, you know. So I, I still think, like I said, it works uh, round to everybody in the end. Uh, move on. Next, M- Impact, February 4th. Kenny King joining on and no more. And then the Bullet Club in action. Jay White, Tamatonga, Tangaloa, and Chris Bay defeating Ace Austin, Madman, Fulton Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Jake. Something after the match and violent by design jumped the Bullet Club. Both parties brawled until the Bullet Club was taken down. This was a really good main event. Of course, Impact's very early entertainment. We've got the Ring of Honor thing. But when I say this is a proper Bullet Club, uh, what do I mean by that when we finally get the, um, like we say, the Gorillas of Destiny's teaming up with, uh, of course, Jay White on Impact. Well, you know that we talked about this last year when um, when Jay White first appeared at Slanniversary. Uh, they teased uh, a Kenny Omega versus Jay White. They teased it. So I figured, okay, so if Jay White is there, then, and then 
uh, I believe Omega ended up losing the belt, and then he he was no longer an impact. So I said, okay, so if you got Jay White there, then you should bring the Gorillas of Destiny. Instead, we had Jay White um, uh, brought, brought in uh, um, Mr. Finesse himself, uh, Chris Bay, and then they had uh, uh, Hikaleo, and then I'm saying, well, you know what? Bomb for Glory is coming up. Why don't they bring the Gorillas of Destiny in? And then you have the Good Brothers versus the Gorillas of Destiny. Why did I say that? Because two months prior to that, the Gorillas of Destiny approached the Good Brothers at Resurgence at the New Japan show. And we were like, okay, here we go. It's going to happen. But I should have known because one thing about New Japan, New Japan is a long-term storytelling company. They're not going to give you that right away. Um, the fact that then you saw the Gorillas of Destiny come uh, um, in that episode of, of Impact and Attack Jake something, they, I was like, okay, now we got, now we're going to have it. Again, I said, wow, Impact is really, really, really coming out the gate. They had a great pay-per-view, hard to kill, and now you got every other week something crazy happening. I'm like, and I started saying to myself, wow, this is like back in the days when I used to watch Impact. So the fact that they brought in the Bullet Club and then they got attacked by Violent by Design, which it made sense because the Good Brothers and Violent by Design had were working together as a group. Um, and they said, well, they are the Bullet Club. Let's take them out. Um, it's a good way to start. But the thing is, to me, I was like, Jay White is a heel. He's not a babyface. So that part where Jay White, you know, he's good at the mic. But I was like, okay. Gorillas of Destiny and Jay White, Bullet Club as babyface, nah. It's not gonna work. But the story, just itself of the Good Brothers versus Gorillas of Destiny, I listen, I've been dying to see this since August, where the Gorillas of Destiny emerged at the New Japan show and confronted them. And this has been going on for like almost a year because after you know Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers started putting Bullet Club stuff up when they showed up at Impact, you know, that's it's, I mean, it's a year worth of a storyline. Well, they said the match is so big to the Good Brothers that it was. We thought maybe it happened at Bound for Glory. It happened at uh, No Surrenders. It's got a huge uh, matchup. A couple of bits of news stories as well. Lance Storm uh, has joined Impact Wrestling, uh, working on the Gut Check tryout, and also maybe produced up backstage as well. Uh, and then Impact February tenth. Josh Alexander has kicked off Team Impact, uh, which, you know, again, was a bit surprising, but we get on to that afterwards as uh, we see the Bullet Club hit the ring to address the Impact fans and tag the tag team title match for Joe brought up the recent partnership with the Good Brothers. VBD, Eric Young come down and basically setting the stage, uh, challenging to a six-man tag next week, only for the Good Brothers, John and Frey, standing side by side by VBD. Um, and we see an interesting back and forth as well with basically those that have been confirmed. It's great to see Bullet Club, like I see Jay White and Mike. Uh, and then later we see Steve Macklin joining Team Impact. I'm not sure if we could trust him. And Moose destroying Morrissey with a chair. But I think the biggest news story, and we have talked about as well, was Josh Alexander announcing the end of Impact Contract and Work Visa. Yes, the man Impact have been building up and putting all these challenges as well, whether it be Jonah or Charlie Haas or whoever it was, thinking we're going to see Moose versus Alexander as actually his impact um, contract has expired and his work visa as well. Now, you, we've both had very strong opinions. 
So, Albert One, why don't you, you take the floor for this one and tell me what you think of this situation? I mean, first of all, the the situation, how they did it, first of all, they, I, I know he was doing a promo, and then uh, they brought in Khan, who used to be part of the Ascension. They made his debut look bad. Um, but the fact to me, it was like, okay, you knew the man's contract was coming to an end. Now, do uh, there is a situation maybe he felt like, well, you know what? Um, I don't want to be here, one. Two, AEW is having the Owen Hart Memorial coming up in May, on May 11th, on the day of my birthday. Um, and he did mention that he would love to do to work that tournament. Now, I don't know if there was a money issue because Impact and you know and, and Anthem are very cheap. I always say that. They're cheap with money. Um, I don't know what happened. Maybe they couldn't come to, to terms or he just didn't want to be there. Um, I was very I was very upset when I first heard it because I know February uh, 15 was the day after Valentine's oh, 14. He did mention that his contract was over. His work visa for Can- and from Canada was also over. So he was not, he wasn't signed. So to me, it led me mind bubble because I'm like, okay, so you just lose Josh Alexander. You just lose Josh Alexander. And the way he lost the belt, it doesn't justify the fact that why you didn't sign him. And if you want to give him a title, give him the title shot. And if he loses to Moose, then he could leave. And then, you know, okay, he couldn't be Moose. And that's the end of that. But they didn't do that. So um, I don't know. To me, I still say, Impact dropped the ball big time for a guy who they were pushing for almost an entire year, okay? And then when he finally gives in his uh, option C and he gets his title match against Christian, wins the belt, but the way he lost it was very dumb. It was WWE-ish way to do it. And I don't know. And, and, you know, um, and knowing the history of Impact and what some wrestlers that had come out of there, especially Ethan Page, how they treat their wrestlers before they leave, whatever, is just, I don't understand. I, I think it's going to take a while before they'll have someone that has that type of wrestling skill and ability and who could uh, uh, get over with the fans the way Josh was doing it. It's going to be a while. And that's going to make a most title reign week because yeah. Josh yeah. Alexander should have got this title shot. That whole, whole promo they did was worthless. And I think that was more of a shoot because it sounded like it was a shoot. And then next thing you know, they do that. And then three days later, four days later, he's no longer with the company. Yeah. It was weird. Like we talk about Scott Demore and um, Josh Alexander when he got kicked off the team. And as you said, it's look, we don't know what happened behind the scenes. We don't know if Josh Alexander wanted to stay or wanted to leave or what the money situation was. But you would expect them to, whatever offer he wanted, I'm sure he's worth it. Especially, like you say, when the whole company has been kind of around what he's been doing. Especially the start of the year. We've been waiting for him to get his rematch and they've been putting other things in his way. And the way he did with the exhibition last year. Like I said, my rest of the year... You would think they would do anything in their power to keep him. So it's just a, a really strange situation. It would be the equivalent of, you know, I'd say even like someone like a Roman Reigns leaving WWE because you'd just be like, it wouldn't make any sense. He was impact through and 
Uh, and hopefully, like I say, if it's the Owen Hart tournament, wherever he shows up next, Josh Alexander's going to be a star because he's yeah. a fantastic wrestler. There's no doubt about it. And it is uh, a monumental loss uh, for Impact, no matter what um, you know they try and do to kind of replace him. You know. Well, let me. Let, but let, you know, pretty much, and this is um, before he left. Pretty much, uh, Brandy Brandy Rose pretty much told us where he's going. If you remember that uh, uh, before a week before she left, or two weeks before her Cody Rose left, she had a uh, a promo with Dan Lambert, and she said to the page, "I don't know why you laughing at. The only reason we sign you is to get to Josh Alexander." And that I didn't put one and one together. I'm like, Josh, and I, when she said that, I'm like Josh Alexander still signed with Impact, and I and they were doing this the storyline where he was joining Team Impact to go to um, how you call it to wrestle against Honor No More. But then uh, uh, about two weeks later, he's you know he's no longer with the company. So I'm like, okay, shit. Brandy Rose pretty much told us where he's coming. You know what I'm saying? So I mean. Whether he goes to AEW, I think he's coming to AEW for the fact because they're going to have that Owen Hart tournament in May. And he did mention last year when they first mentioned about Owen Hart's tournament that he would love to be part of that. Because, you know, being, being Canadian, know that. But we'll see. I mean, wherever he, he goes, he's going to be a star anyway. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, we got February 18th. It's an over-surrender go-home show. The Moose contract signing, which ended with Morrissey appearing and wiping Moose off and delivered a massive choke slam off the stage. It was a great looking bump. Yes, it was. We see Kenny King versus Chris Saban, with Saban countering King's attempted counter to roll up for the pinfall. After the match, Maria Kinez mockingly applauded Saban and Team Impact and called him to question whether they could trust each other. We see Jonathan Gresham, who's going to join the team, found knocked out, with Steve Macklin maybe the man to lay him out. Uh, and then we see Stills pinning James in tag action, which of course means she weren't going to win at the uh, pay-per-view. And then a star-studded main event saw Bullet Club, Switchblade, Jay White, and the Grittest Destiny uh, battling violent by design. Uh, this was a fantastic match. Uh, Lower and Tango flattening Dean with stereo splashes and Bullet Club scoring a win. And afterwards, the victory was interrupted by the Goobs entered, but stood on the ramp staring down their rivals as a final hump for the Impact Tag Team titles. Uh, it was good stuff, and no surrender on paper looks great. A couple of real standout matches, but I would say the match maybe you're looking forward to the most would be Good Brothers versus The Gridders of Destiny. Would that be fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, and then the uh, I Don't Know More versus Team Impact. Um, well, The Gorillas of Destiny, of course, that's uh, number one. But I like the way they did the go-home show. It wasn't... It wasn't something predictable because sometimes they do the home show. You already know what's going to happen. You're like, okay, this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Um, the Tasha Steele match, they did the tag team. And, you know, I was surprised that she actually pinned Mickey James. And I'm like, wow, they just did a WWE move there. But I'm like, okay, so that means, like you said, that she wasn't going to beat Mickey James, which I'm, I, I was like, oh boy, here we go. But the go home shows and like I said, go home shows usually are not that good, you know. And like I said, those three weeks that I saw these shows and they set up for no surrender, it was perfect. I, I can't believe I'm even saying this. I can't believe perfect. you are. I'm really yeah, like it was perfect because it was like the, the, the part that Kenny King came out of nowhere. I didn't expect him to to join them. Um, 
the Steve Macklin thing. I'm like, and then I saw why, because they attacked Steve Macklin. But, and I'm like, okay, they attacked Steve Macklin, so where are they going with this now? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then the thing with the Josh Alexander, I think that was the most disappointing one for me. Uh, as far as I knew he was gone and he was not coming back. But even overall, they, they it's like they they figure, well, Josh Alexander is not going to be with us. Who's going to replace him? They bring in Steve Macklin. Macklin, a guy now, you know, uh, you don't know if you could trust him or you don't. Yeah, it's type of, you know, to me, I always see when I see this with wrestling, when you're bringing a guy, you don't trust him, you know, something's going to happen where somebody's going to betray you, but it's someone you at least expect. And, you know. The rest is history, so we could get to no surrender. Well, without a doubt, and like I said, we're going to go to no surrender right now. We started down with a countdown to no surrender. Of course, Matt Rywald and Tom Hannigan in commentary. We saw Trey Miguel versus John Skyler. It was weird to see the X Division champ on the pre-show, but Trey has as a personal situation. And not a bad match with John controlling the pace, but Trey six one nine in Meteora to win. Uh, we'll find out who his challenger is later. Then we had Tanil Dashwood versus Havoc. Story is more about Caleb with a K getting a call for the inspiration, leading to distraction and a win for Havoc. We get a main show with Chapel Heart, uh, singing star, Spangled Banner. Makes you proud to be an American watching stuff like that. I don't this. know. They, they, were, they were out of beat. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say hard. it. I don't want to be let anti-American. Ta- let me tell you something. Um, yeah, I can say it because I'm an American, but... That shit was out of tune. I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? I'm like, oh, my God. Even my daughter was watching. She was like, they're trying too hard to hit that that that, that long court. And I was like, okay, I don't know what. And I don't know. They, are they the only wrestling promotion that does that? They still do the smart Star Spangled Banner? I, I don't know. Anyway, we'll leave that alone. Like you said, the performance was different, I put. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> I'm a, listen, I'm an American, I'm going to say, they was horrible. <laughs> right. Well, nice opening promo video. We are live, of course, in New Orleans. The, up first was Bullet Club's Chris Bailey, inevitable Ace Austin, Jake Summit, Speedball, Mike Bailey in uh, a shot at Trey Miguel's X-Division title. Each competitor turned soaring through the air, but something and Bailey impressing with their aerial exports, back and forth, counters and reversals, gave way to Bay, delivering the art of finesse to Bailey. Austin said, up for the fold, only for the summit to catch him and deliver it into the void for the pin full victory. What a way to start the show here. Yeah, I mean, that's, the way they started the show was pretty good. Now, my only question, maybe you can answer this for me. What the hell was Jake something doing in the X Division? The guy's like 265 pounds. He's a heavyweight. Why is he even in this match? You know? But overall, the match itself was pretty good. It was fun. Um, um, and, and I guess it's something different, have Jake, because Jake something has a lot of talent. You know, I guess they figured let's put him in there. But then they, it, this is what I like. This is what I mentioned to you that the commentating team that they have now, when they do, when they tell you something about the history of something, they tell you that, and that's it. And they go right back to the match. They did mention that uh, Samoa Joe and I forgot who was the other one have won the title because even though they were over the weight limit, whatever. Right, so right, 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 once, they, the, once they said that, I said, okay, so I'll, I'll give Jake something, an excuse for this one because he don't belong in that. But the overall, the match was pretty good. Uh, Chris Bay, this guy always, always impressed me with his stuff. Um, and, and um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't given him the, I mean, wasn't he uh, impact 
X Division champion at one point? At one point, he wasn't. This is what I say. I mean, Bay and Ace, for me, are just kind of tread water at this moment in time. I think they are championship level. But I know Chris Bay is obviously the Bullet Club, but Ace Austin has kind of just been doing the same thing uh, as well. And I just kind of think, what, what's kind of next to them? Bay made me laugh with his shenanigans, the facial features and the kind of stuff that he was doing. And something has really impressed me. I do think he needs to change the name. But the no, power... No. The power and the finish is really, really impressive. I just don't think Jake something is amazing. I changed the name. It's funny because that's the first I was thinking to myself, why are they still calling him Jake something? Like, why don't you put a last name to that? You know, but they can't come up with something. So that's what it is. Anything. So yeah, Jake, anything. Yeah, but you know what? The one guy we have not been speaking about and, and Impact, they did sign him. I think a couple of months ago, as mm-hmm. Bailey. This is a Mike Bailey. That's his name. Speedball, Speedball Bailey. Mike Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. That, the guy, he's pretty good. Uh, I mean, and and I did mention this when Josh Alexander left. I did say this on my Twitter. I said if then losing Josh Alexander, they think replacing him with Mike Speedball Bailey, they're sadly mistaken. Now, don't get me wrong. Bailey uh, Speedball is pretty good. I like his whole his whole thing. I thought in this match they were gonna give it to him. You know, to have a, a wrestling match against Trey Miguel. You know how awesome that match would be with him and Trey Miguel? Well, so that's why I'm kind of bugging out why they give it to Jake something. Well, they're not saying that something's probably the one that was last on my list. I would think Bay versus Trey or Ace or, like I said, mm-hmm. Bay, but something you're just kind of wondering, well, they do see something Jake at the moment. Um, if you're going to score that match out of five, what would you give it? I give it a three and three quarters. This match was pretty good. Even though something looked at, he looked out of place because everybody in there was uh, X division guy. Um, so, but it was a three and three quarters. I mean, it, it was fun. It was a 15 minutes uh, match. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want 20 or 30, then you need to take Jay something out of there and put somebody like, you know, um, I don't know, uh, the, the exhibition champion, Trevor, Trevor yeah. Miguel, yeah. you know? Um, the one thing I noticed that they do a lot in pay-per-views is they do these type of matches, you know, these uh, four ways, six ways, whatever, to determine uh, a number one contender, which is nothing wrong because, you know, you start off the, the pay-per-view pretty well with that, you know? They started good. I mean, I like what they did, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. They started. Well, that's that. I'm going to get up four and a quarter because, like I said, they always seem to start the show with a bit of a bang. We see an epic Eric Young promo calling himself the best all-round wrestler. This was brilliant uh, for Eric Young. Whether you agree or not. Uh, Next match, Jonah battled the nightmarish Black Taurus, who was accompanied by his decay teammate Crazy Steve. Uh, Taurus proved he would not be a cakewalk for Jonah while Plancher. The Aussie would turn the tide in his favour, controlling the pace. Torres fought back, delivering a verse sling blade and a crucifix wrong. He rocked Top Dog with a headbutt, but Jonah flattered him seconds later. Torres fought back, incredibly delivered a 619 and added a twisted scent on, but no longer content to absorb his opponent's offensive arsenal. Jonah delivered a fez press, a power bomb, and put him away from the top rope for the tsunami for the win. I mean, there's nothing maybe scarier than Jonah going to that top rope and jumping all the way. Yeah, I felt, so bad for, I felt so bad for Black Tarus when Jonah went up the top row. I said, he's done. I'm like, that's a big man coming at you. And mind you, Black Tarus is 235. You got a 360-pound man coming at you, you know? But this match, 
Let me tell you something. Since Jonah has been in the Indies, I haven't seen anybody taking Jonah to the limit like Black Tarus did. Now, it's funny because a lot of people will look at Black Tarus and they figure like, oh, he's a guy from Mexico. He's a he's a luchador. But I've seen him wrestle in AAA. I've seen him wrestle in, in Clash, and Crash. And this guy, he's, he's a powerhouse. So him and Jonah, that match... I think one of the best matches of the night because, you know, I never seen anybody gave to uh, Jonah a hard time like Black Tarouz did. Yes, he probably overpowered him because, you know, Jonah's a bigger man. But this match, he's pretty good. And I will give this a four because yeah. I did not expect I did not expect this type of uh, wrestling match. I figured Jonah's going to run him over like nothing. And Tarouz gave him a run for his money. Yeah, Tarouz did great. I mean, I like these two, and I like a good big man match. Show me a better one this year between two big men. Just there hasn't, there hasn't been Jonah right now, and that's the thing. Jonah, for the as big as he is, he's gonna give you a match. Whoever he's in the ring with, it doesn't matter who it is. Jonah, right now, to me, so far in the last close to three months, he's been the, the big guy. He's one of the best big guy in the business. Right? Well, I'm going to give that four as well. Completely agree with you. Uh, we see Gia Miller interviewing something. Trey interrupts and Ace and Fulton. I smell a tag match on impact, ladies and gentlemen. And then the war between Violent by Zion and Bullet Club manifests itself in a single showdown between the leaders, Eric Young and Switchbay Jay White for the first time ever. And the other thing I like was both men went it alone as they came out for the entrance. And the King Switch controlled the first half of the bout, out-wrestling Young and showing why he's one of the world's most accomplished and celebrated wrestlers. Young delivered a Death Valley driver to shift things in his favour. He shoved weight off the top rope and delivered his trademark top rope elbow drop for another close two. Uh, White recovered and delivered a Saito suplex and left Young in a heap on the apron. Fight spills the floor where Young established advantage scored and near full. EY set for the pole job at White countered and stacked him up. White fought out of another pole job attempt and finally landed a half and half suplex. And then the Blade Runner finished Young off as White and a hard full victory. The US of J talk continues. Yes, the, death, the, the US of J continues, exactly. J White, let me tell you something. I've been watching J White. For those since I believe, I believe it was October when he came when he came to New Japan strong, and he has wrestled everybody. Tahiri Ishii, um, I think he fought um, he fought Christopher Daniels uh, not long ago. Um, let me tell you something. Nobody gave him a harder time. Matter of fact, I just saw Jay, when I saw Jay White this month. He wrestled uh, one of the uh, House of Glory guys, Ken Broway, and that match was pretty good. But no one. Has given this man much of a harder time like Eric Young did in this match. Eric Young pushed Jay White to the limit because there were so many close pinfalls, especially when Eric Young came off the top row with the elbow drop. I thought he had, you know. Um, this match to me uh, um, brought everything that we expected. The two leaders from two, the various faction going at it. Um, that I think Jay White was going to lose. He could have. You know what I'm saying? Because Eric Young is that good after all these years. The guy, psychologically, in the ring, he is good, you know. And, you know, to me, I th- he could have beat him. But Jay White overcame that. And I think that's probably one of his most hardest matches he's had in months. 
and when I, I get this a four and a quarter, you know, I think it was way a little better than the match before that. Well, like I said, this this shows because a lot of people wondered, you know, oh Eric Young versus Jay White. I think a lot of people disrespect Eric Young and, and kind of forget what he's done in the business as well, you know. And mm-hmm. you see the respect that Jay has got for him to make this match so competitive. I didn't even mention uh, Jay White letting Eric Young pile drive him on the apron. You don't let yeah. anybody pile drive on the apron if you don't think they're a great worker. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah uh, they won't. Because see, the, thing, the thing is people forget, Eric Young, he's been in his business for close more than 20 years. He, he's one of the founders of Impact, he was part of Team Canada back in 2002 when TNA first emerged, and he was with Bobby Roode and all that. This guy is a great worker, and again, like you said, ain't nobody's going to tell you, oh, yeah, you can do a power drive on me if he doesn't think that you're going to protect him and you're a good worker. No way in the world. Well, when you talk about Jay as well, when when we say the US of Jay tour, he's got this open challenge and strong, but it's incredible, even this weekend of uh, No Surrender, he wrestled on Impact on Thursday in the main event. He faced yep. Trent on on the Friday. On the Strong, mm-hmm. the same day as this, he wrestled Jay Fall and of yes. course having a match with Eric Young. That is four. I watched uh, Jay White four times, and it's still uh, kind of. I, I think he's such a star that I didn't yeah. think it was too much. I actually wanted more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he wrestled more than that because, like I said, he wrestled the weekend before that. He wrestled um, Camp Broadway, which a lot of people probably in the UK never heard of, but Camp Broadway is a, a good upcoming wrestler who was very big. He was a former House of Glory champion back then. He gave uh, Jay White a hard time. So Jay White right now, like I said, he's like, what is him, Matt Cardona, Jonathan Gresham, these guys are going everywhere. This is why it's great to be a professional wrestling fan because you're going to get, especially New Japan Strong, they always got some match that you did not expect is going to happen, you know? And, you know, but Jay White, like I said, that, that that's the guy to beat right now. I, I can't wait to when, when Omega comes back and confronts him in AEW. Well, it's, like I said, this match itself was a great match with a good story. Yeah. And telling a Jay White, we've just survived the match as well. Uh, I'm going to give it a four and a quarter. I completely agree with you how good it was. Uh, up next, the Ring of Honor Women's and Triple H Rainer Durand is champ, Jenna Pratt. So, in an open challenge. And former Ring of Honor competitor, Miranda Ali's answered. I'm not going to lie. I, <laughs> again, the commentary helped me out telling me former Ring of Honor talent, but I was maybe expecting something a little bit different. Uh, we see the overzealous young Lucha Baddy found herself in a defensive quickly as Virtuoso works for overmind the entire world while she's the top of the field. Resilient Challenger fought her way back into the match, repeat attempt at Mar- Miranda Wright's finisher failed her. Still, she mounted a comeback later and proves her reeling, a missing Charlie Wizard, and an armbar by Perazzo spelled the end for us. Virtuoso retained her titles. And credit to Miranda, she did look good, but I don't think the crowd were that into it because they knew. The owner wouldn't lose, but I think this is still good, though. The the match is pretty good, and, and and I mean, kudos to the commentary team because they did mention that Miranda was a finalist against Roxy for the Ring of Honor Women's Title. So Miranda, at least I've seen her wrestle before; she's pretty good. Uh, I think she has wrestled in Mexico most of the time, also. But you know, it wasn't like I saw the match. And I'm like, oh yeah, she's gonna lose, you know, to Diana. I, I expected a good match. It was a pretty good match between them two. 
Um, you know, there was nothing in there that I was like, oh, this is whack. I don't like it. Both ladies did what they did. Um, of course, Yana Perrazzo, like I said, the woman is that good. She could, that woman could wrestle with any type of style of wrestler in that ring. You know, um, did I knew she was going to beat her? Yeah, I knew she was going to beat her because Roxy had beat Miranda. But then again, you don't, you don't know what to expect when it comes to impact. Um, so it was a pretty decent women's match. I'm not going to say that it was not my type, my, my cup of tea, but I like when these girls that I've seen in other places that I got to see them for 10, 15 minutes, I see them wrestle somebody else like a Deanna Peraza and other promotion. It, it makes me sit down and say, okay, let me see this. And she was, you know, she gave Deanna Peraza a little run for the money, but Deanna Peraza is that good. I give that match at least a four. I'm going to give it three and three quarters out of five, like I said, because I don't think the finish was ever in doubt. Up next, Digital Media Championship, Jordan Grace versus Matt Cardona. The lights went out for a second. We thought, is this part of the show? And no, just technical difficulties. But we carried on, and again, Grace took the fight to the Long Island Broski early, but a veteran competitor utilised the referee's distraction instead of the cheap shot that allowed him to seize control of his opponent. He suplexed into the corner, worked over two consecutive Broski boots to no avail. Grace fought back and left Cardona reeling after booting the steel chair back in the champion's face. As the Long Island Broski introduced the chair to square circle, when a frustrated fell up and pissed off Grace, delivered a low blow. That caused referee Brian Hemner to call for the bell. The match lost via DQ. Grace blasted the hill with a steel chair across the back, sent him scurrying to the sanctuary of the floor. Um, I mean, what did you think of this? Because I thought the finish was a little bit cheap. Yeah, it was cheap. And to be honest, it was cheap. I mean, if you're not going to take the bell away from uh, Matt Cardona, I mean, but then have uh, Jordan Grace guess herself disqualified, uh, it, it didn't make sense to me. Like, you know, for that, if you're gonna, if, if it's gonna end that way, you should just put it as a hardcore match. You know, for the for the digital championship. Now, I mean, when I first saw uh, first saw Cardona beat her, and he, he used a chair. Uh, I expected him to do that again and beat her again for the second time. But you know there's going to be a third match. So this is one of the matches that I wasn't really crazy about because I'm like, they're still trying to push Jordan Grace uh, and Impact as this high chick there, whatever, uh, when you were supposed to be pushing Matt Cardona because Matt Cardona just won the match, uh, beat Jordan Grace cheaply, you know what I'm saying? So he's got to find a way to beat her again cheaply and whatnot. So then to have more, he maybe somebody – will confront him or whatever. Uh, this match, I mean, honestly, uh, it wasn't wasn't my cup of tea, to be honest, because the way it ended. So I, I didn't like it. It was like, I gave it a three, to be honest. Well, this is, like I said, it was, it was fun, the match was, and they got great chemistry between the two. Uh, but Grace had just signed a new contract, and of course, it's a corner, cornerstone of the women's division and crossing over against the men. She has legit power. And Cardona, uh, like you talked about, his heel work is money. He's just so goddamn unlikable that he could do this for a very long time and make as much money as he wants, you know? Yeah, and that's the same thing. Like like I said, Cardona right now, the way they ended that match, Cardona right now is the hottest heel right now in professional wrestling because... He's a heel in, in Game Changer Wrestling. He's a heel in NWA. And the NWA is worse because they're making him look like he's trying to to uh, tarnish NWA. And he's saying, no, I'm trying to bring NWA from the dark ages or whatever. You know, 
this is sometimes I, a question impacts booking. Like, if you if she's the cornerstone of your woman's division, and he's the hottest heel in the industry, then let her lose again, but this time in some other tricky way, and then you have another match where, you know, uh, you know, if you're gonna bring in chairs, you're gonna bring in whatever, then the next match should be a hardcore match. Anything goes, you know. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I'm gonna give that match three and a half anyway, because for just for the effort. Uh, Tasha Stills interview backstage. She said confident is her middle name. Never knew that. Uh, Eddie Edwards was then found <laughs> attacked. Uh, and then up next is the Impact Tag Team Championship match. The Good Brothers versus yes. the Good Brothers of Destiny. Uh, we've talked about why this match is so important. I'll ask you a question, though. And I think the answer. Were you surprised the first ever meeting between the two took place on an Impact special as opposed to a New Japan show? Uh, was I surprised? No. I'm going to tell you why. Because I think Impact was already teasing it when they brought in Jay White last summer. And the fact that that same uh, month later, <coughs> the Gorillas of Destiny approached uh, the Gorillas of Destiny at a New Japan event resurgence. So I said to myself, they're going to do this in Impact, in an Impact show, because, you know, Impact right now was trying to bring in all these stars from New Japan, you know, for, for the ratings, for the TV show, whatever. And, but the thing, the only thing that I was kind of disappointed was that they didn't do it earlier than, than you know, than now. Um, but then again, it's, it, Probably New Japan figure like, look, let's let's do this, you know, um, long term storyline, which it worked because you know they made us wait, and you know, and it was worth it. That, that's the way I look at it. I mean, I, I wish they would have done it bomb for glory, but the simple fact yeah, because they yeah. teased they teased Bullet Club logo, and when it turned out it was a Hikaleo and uh, <laughs> not not to take anything away from Hikaleo because Hikaleo has improved the young gun. And Chris Bay, you know, he's pretty good. But you want the real, real Bullet Club. You don't want, you know, a cheap version. No, I would have so. to agree with you there. But, well, it's like I said, the dream match we wait for. Good Brothers versus the G.O.D. And Tamatonga started hot for his team, taking the fight to both Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. Uh, but the latter raked his former friend's eyes and the champions wrestled control. Uh, of the bout, but Tonga finally tagged Tangelo into the match, and he unloaded on the hill, sparking a babyface comeback. As the action broke down, Tonga caught Anderson with a hip toss net breaker, but Gavin, a side suplex net breaker combo to Tonga, had a challenge in the need of a spark. Aloha broke up a magic killer, and the action broke down once more, all four competitors lying. Tonga delivered a rolling DVD in a big splash, but couldn't keep the machine gun down. Chris Bay appeared, finding apparently inadvertent distraction, allowed Gallows to deliver a stroke slam to low on the floor. Jay White sneaked in and delivered a blade runner, and the Good Brothers retained their titles from there. As the commentary team of Tonga and asked what we had just witnessed, White gave them an answer as he, Bay, Anderson and Gallows United for two sweet over the fall in Tonga. Uh, I'll ask, before I ask about the match, why was this moment so important and, and what are the ramifications for what Jay White did and why does it matter? Well, do you got enough time? <laughs> well, briefly. <laughs> okay. This has been going on, this whole beef has been going on for a while. Now, a lot of people are saying, what beef are you talking about? 
about two years ago, uh, we know that Evil joined Bullet Club, right? Evil had a match with, um, oh my God, what's his name? Shit. With Kenta at the G1 Climax. The ending of that match saw that Evil hit a low blow on Kenta to move on to the tournament. Jay White did not like that. Jay White was like, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Evil responded back on Twitter, so it was a back and forth stuff, and people thought that, you know, the possibility there's going to be another civil war between the Bullet Club, between Jay White and Evil. That never happened. Then let's move forward and New Japan Strong of last year when, or before that, before the New Japan Strong, uh, I, I don't remember what event it was, but Evil decided to do a subgroup in Bullet Club called the House of Torture. Jay White wasn't was against it, saying, why the hell is this going on? I'm the leader, blah, blah, blah. Tamatanga responded, well, you ain't the leader if you're not here in Japan. You are you in America, blah, blah. So they kept going back and forth. I had a feeling that something was going to happen with Jay White and the Bullet Club because he had not gone back to Japan since God knows when. So he's been like over eight or nine months in the States and whatnot. Then to top it off, the Bullet Club shows up at Impact uh, a couple of days before No Surrender. Don Gallows and uh, Carl Anderson trademarks BC. Now I'm saying, okay, so they trademark BC. Are they going to join together whatever? Now here's the problem. With this betrayal now, with Jay White now bringing in the Good Brothers, who were the founding fathers of the Bullet Club, now this leads to where does the Gorilla Destiny stand with the Bullet Club? Are they now split up? Are they part of the Bullet Club in Japan? But they're not the part of the Bullet Club here in America. Jay White, a couple of days before No Surrender, said that he wanted to establish Bullet Club again here in the United States and whatnot. Now, mind you, he showed up at AEW and Adam Cole said something that made a lot of sense. He said, once you join Bullet Club, your bullet club for life. So I don't know if he's trying to do now a America version again, like the elite did back then, and then you have the Japan version over there. I don't know. This right now, where does Tamatanga and and Tangaloa stands with the bullet club that's been back and forth since this happened? We don't know. So it looks like the bullet club is divided right now in two factions. So for this to happen on an impact show is massive. You know, the equivalent of, you know, uh, on if if the New Day went to do an Impact show and they, they split up on that show, so to speak, it's kind of yeah. like what's happened there is, is, is affecting New Japan. It's not the fact of they're just wrestling a match and nothing happens, you know. It's, it, this is going to tell the story of New Japan for the next, you know, like I said, long-term storytelling, six months to a year or so. But Yeah, pretty much. Because it, it, this, is, this reminds me of what happened back in 2018 where you had the elite who was part of the Bullet Club, and then you had the regular Bullet Club. Now, if you remember what happened in San Francisco in 2018, when the firing squad, who was Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and Haku, went and destroyed the whole damn elite and whatnot. And what? And because at that time, you had Cody feuding with Kenny. So they were kind of split. So now with all this happening, this is going to affect what's going to happen in Japan wow. and whatnot. Okay. We don't. We, we no. Yeah. Now, there we that I know of the New Japan Cup is starting. I think a couple of. I think a couple of days from now. So Tamatanga and Tangaloa are going to be in Japan and whatnot. 
So well, they're not going to be here. They're not going to be here to confront the Good Brothers yet. So we don't know if they go again. Long term storyline. Maybe they'll come back. The, the, the thing is, I even about contracts because at the moment, I'm pretty sure they're not signed to New Japan, or at least, yeah, I don't know if it's Tamatonga or Tamaloa, but one of them isn't signed with New Japan. They're kind of a free. Yeah, Tamatonga no, Tama, signed with New Japan. He did put January 30. He put that he was a free agent, but that he signed with New Japan. So they still sign with New Japan. And the other interesting thing as well is the Good Brothers two-year impact deal comes up in June. So you wonder mm. if they're putting into place saying that even if the Good Brothers were to leave Impact, it's still been a good working relationship, or would they sign an Impact contract and be able to work with New Japan? You know, so it, Good Brothers are themselves are putting them in a situation, like you said, especially with this merch, uh, to be there. But as the match itself, gaining the championship, this was a great match, I would think. This is what you get Ooh. when you get proper tag teams. I don't think the Good Brothers' Impact run has been great, I think it would be fair to say, but this is probably the most motivated I have seen them in Impact. And, and the reason, if you think about it, they, their championship ring has not been great because of the lack of tag teams that they have there. This match here was already a year in the making. A year in the making. Because, remember, all this started with the Good Brothers when Omega showed up at Impact last year and they were wearing Bullet Club merch. And they were like, y'all not guys in that Bullet Club, you know? And they started calling some Bullet Club, you know? So the fact that, I, like you said, it's true. I haven't seen Gallows and Anderson wrestle like this since they were in Japan and whatnot. And the fact that, you know, um, you had Anderson and Tamatanga, the two main guys who've been running their mouths against each other, were hitting each other with everything. I mean, they were that was strong style. You want strong style? And for your fans in your podcast, you want strong style wrestling? That was it. Strong style right there. You couldn't ask for anything better than that. And the beautiful ending, okay, out of all this, okay, is, yes, the beautiful ending of you know, Jay White turning. But look who Jay White hit the Blade Runner to. It was Tamatanga. It wasn't Tonga Loa. It was Tamatanga. He hit that Blade Runner, and that, show, that makes the, 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 the betrayal even more bigger because – Tamatanga was the one who brought in Jay White to become the leader of Bullet Club when they attacked uh, Okada years ago. So it's it's just it's just this. Let me tell you something, James. This was beautifully done, beautifully done. What we okay. scored out of five as well. What <sighs> out of five? Shit, are we only are we only doing five? <laughs> shit, I give that shit a six. <laughs> First time ever here, a six in a tag team match. You can't ask, you cannot ask nothing more than that. And if they're having another match, whether it's in Impact or in New Japan, it's gonna get. Oh my god, I can't even wait to have that. I want, I want another rematch. I want another rematch. Like we said, we uh, might get another rematch because Impact announced as well sacrifice. Would only be two weeks away. Yes, a very WWE move of a special two weeks after a special. Uh, but we move on and the knockouts championship match: Mickey James versus Tasha Stills. Uh, and as we said, the uber confident Stills controlled the match, appearing to be well on the way to victory. Uh, when some trash talking directed at family, he started a fire in Mickey that led to a big net break on the floor. 
feels like any great prospective champion scouted her opponent's offence and left her laying as momentum returned to her size and refusing to allow frustration to set in stills remain focused until James Bitter catch her off guard. The champion fired up, kicking stills low and taking her down with a seated senton. She had a mick kick to Savannah Evans, knocking stills second off the apron. Stills delivered a cutter in time for Chelsea Green to make her presence felt as she eliminated Evans from the equation. Green's presence was felt late as James sent Stills into her and then rolled the Barika Badass up for the pinfall victory. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, I was disappointed. I was expecting to, I wanted Tasha Steele to win this match, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be fair and say the match was pretty good. Uh, did I expect Savannah Evans to interfere? Yes. Now, this Chelsea Green, Mickey James thing, I'm telling you this right now, there's going to be a betrayal. Comment a mile. I say this a mile away. Yeah, yeah. Because I think what Impact wants is a Chelsea Green versus Mickey James. They figure like a Tasha Steele versus Chelsea Green is not a match that people really want to see. You know what I'm saying? So, in regards to Tasha Steele, she'll probably get another opportunity down the line. For the title, I don't know if it may be either with Chelsea Green or Mickey James. The match is all right. Um, it could have been a little better, but once I saw Chelsea Green, I was like, okay, she's going to interfere somewhere or the other because uh, Savannah Savannah Evans kept you know hanging around the ring area. So I'll give this probably a three and a quarter. I think it could have been a little better, but, it, but we, we already know that the whole thing that they're trying to set up is a Chelsea Green versus Mickey James, and I'm telling you right now. And I'm saying into your podcast, Chelsea Green's going to turn to Mickey James, and it's going to happen either this week or the following week. Yeah, I think without that, like I said, the bigger story is going on with Green, especially with Cardona as well. You know, Green might turn mm-hmm. to the dark side. A really fun match. Stills will be champion, I would say, by the end of the year. And we just talked about the Good Brothers run. What a run this is for Mickey. You know, even with Stills, yeah, maybe it wasn't the greatest matchup. But again, she's still delivering, and we've kind of got Green and even Perazzo afterwards to Saint to look out, uh, look up, you know, look look forward to. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this a three and three quarters out of five because the effort was really, really good between them. Uh, we then yeah. found out Eddie Edwards wasn't clear to compete, so Willie Mack joined Impact. Speaking of joining, Mars joined the commentary for the Impact World Title match. W. Morrissey versus Moose. Uh, and I love to start this with those two guys just running into each other. Talk about the, like, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. Uh, and we see Morrissey struggling to get Moose up with a power bomb as well. Uh, surviving a spine buster through the timekeeper's table. Uh, Morrissey then hit a power bomb on the apron and said, I fucking got it that time. Uh, side, <laughs> Moose escapes another power bomb. Rock Morrissey with a drop kick. An exchange of chops follows. Each competitor turns, lighting up the chest. Moose slipped out of his opponent's grasp, delivered his third spear of the match. But Morrissey's arm was under the rope, forcing the referee to stop the count. Um, his move, but of course, Moose's foot was under the rope as well. We see a massive superplex pop the crowd and result in the chance of this is awesome. But Moose kipped up, prepared for another spear, then he landed it and scored a clean win in the center of the ring. But what a fucking match. Yeah, that, that, that was a fucking two big guys hitting each other. It's funny because I remember we did a couple of podcasts and I mentioned to you what would be a good match would be Morrissey versus Moose. 
Um, and they delivered. They delivered two big guys. I mean, I'm surprised that Moose was able to put out, uh, he put uh, Morrison through a table. And, but he did hit his freaking head against the gate. Uh, and I'm like, I was like, I was, in, I was, I was shocked that he even got up from that. But the match was very good. I, I will give this at least four and a quarter because they did bring it to the point. I mean, two big guys. You know, you're not going to get a lot of wrestling skills from two big guys. But they pounded each other. They did everything. I mean, the only thing that was missing was the, the, the kitchen sink, you know. But this, <laughs> yeah, these, these guys went at it. It was worth The match was worth it. Um, and this is why, in a way, I know that more, more, most next challenge is nowhere near the caliber of Morrissey. Um, and I think they were smart of putting uh, Cardona in a three-way the, the on uh, Hard to Kill so we could get the match we got on No Surrender between Morrissey and, and Moose, you know. So it was worth it. Again, they, they and like I said, the whole storylines, how they built this pay-per-view was fucking great. Okay. And I don't say this much impact, but this was good. This The whole show was pretty good with the set with the Jordan Grace and Mark Cardona, but the way they set up these these storylines and the way these, this show was going, it was good. Well, like you said, it's a motivated Morrissey. And ever since Impact putting performances you think you know like i said two big guys this was never going to be steamboat versus flair but the two no. beat the crap out of each other from the opening bell each strike strike sounding awesome two big men going toe to toe like i said really really great stuff i'm going to give that four and three quarters out of five i never thought i'd enjoy a moose morrissey match as much but he delivered what we wanted when he said the two Big guys. Uh, were you surprised that the Team Impact versus Honor No More match was the main event? No, I wasn't because, you know, if you think about it, um, that, again, Impact did the right thing because if you put in, uh, like, in the before the world title, uh, if they were going to do that type of ending uh, and if you the world title, it's not the world title... I don't think the world title would have overshadowed it, but people will forget about it. You know what I'm saying? So them doing that, it reminds me of the NWO versus WCW when um, Nash and Hall show first showed up at WCW, and then you had Luger, Savage. They put that as the main event because it's you know it's you know oh my god it's it's part of the company you know the company's on the line that type of thing. So they did the right thing to me. That was a smart move. I was, I was worried about that because I'm like, where are they going to put that? They better put that shit in the main event. But that, yes, you got the world title and whatnot, but you could put the world title before that, so people could enjoy what it was going to happen. Now, I mean, let's go on to the before I say anything about the match. But. <laughs> well, like I said, no, but it's extra point, and it that's the reason why people may be wondering why it was. And like I said, when it's two wrestling companies each other it means yeah. you know everything in the world not so we had mac rhino rich one chris saban and steve macklin on one side matt tavern mike bennett pco kenny king and vincent on the other and a win for the Vaden hills and they would be allowed to stay in the company and loss and they would be gone and the early portion of the both of this match sorry was dominated by back and forth action neither team able to man stand, uh, maintain an extended advantage distraction by maria at ringside allowed bennett to deliver definitely 
and Honor No More took control, whether isolating Sabin or Swan. The Hills dominated the action. An errant dive by PCO stunned him. Now Swan sank back into the match. The dive that PCO took, like we said, 57-year-olds you mentioned, and to suicide outside just hitting Matt is just crazy for the guy. Yeah, yeah. the man is a nutcase. <laughs> he really is, and the former exhibition yeah, champion. Yeah. Unloaded on Bennett Tavern and PCO dominated the competition. Down from there with tags becoming irrelevant as the chaos reigning supreme. King sent Matlin to the ref uh, and dives ensued. PCO delivered the Deaminator and Vincent followed with red rum punishing Swan and Mac. I'm sure on uh, either one of the dives, Swan's face just gets squashed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, PCO landed and he landed right on... Uh, on Swan's face, and you could tell by his look. I'm like, oh, his whole body, oh, that was bad. It was. Well, PCO again, well, delivered a moonsault from the top rope to the mass of competitors on the floor, and all of a sudden, Eddie Edwards rushed to the ring, and after a moment or two of teases, when it looked like Rhino was going to spear Morello instead, it was a kendo stick shock, and a, a shocking King then pinned Rhino to secure the win, and ensure the faction remained a part of the Impact roster. Now, before I get your thoughts on the match, we already mentioned the signs towards Eddie Edwards. But he was kind of not happy with Macklin being on there. Uh, and we've seen a lot of him maybe we're wondering what side he was on. And he has chosen this one. Uh, what did you think of this main event? Oh, man. It, it, it delivered. It delivered. And it's funny because uh, you're saying that Eddie Edwards wasn't happy with Macklin being the team. I didn't see it that way. I didn't see it that way because the fact that I'm like, okay, I thought Macklin was going to be the traitor. I thought Macklin was going to be part of the team, and then some way, somehow in the match, you know, he was going to cause them to lose the, the the match. But once I saw Eddie Edwards taken out and they brought in William Mack, I said, okay, um, maybe, maybe there's no – Maybe there's no, um, how you call it, uh, betrayal or whatever. Maybe uh, Willie Mack is gets, uh, gets pinned or somebody. You know, weak link in the team, which I felt Willie Mack was the weak link in the team. Um, and so I'm like, okay. Um, but once I saw Eddie Edwards come back, I was like, wait a minute, this don't look right. I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then he's always telling Ryan to get up to court, and then he hits him with the outside. Yeah, once I saw that, he came back, I'm like, oh, my God. Eddie Edwards turning it. And... Do I think that's the right move? Yeah, because one, he's considered the heart and soul of Impact, right? What better way than to have the guy who's the heart and soul of Impact betray the company that calls them the heart and soul? And what people forget is that Eddie Edwards was part of Ring of Honor for many, many years, yeah. you know? So, you know, uh, now my question is, is he going to turn back? to his regular self instead of this hardcore type of guy? Or is he going to continue being the same guy that he is hardcore type? And the, the best part that he did that I like what he did was uh, he ripped the Impact logo off his jacket and threw it, like, throw it over the ring. And it's funny because uh, through Fight TV, they kept, after, after the Impact logo came out, they still was recording. You see the cameraman having a recording the impact logo that he ripped off his jacket. I mean, it, it was per it, listen, it was a perfect way to you know to end a pay-per-view with this. I, I mean, the fact that they put in the thing that if they lose they got to leave, 
Impact is not stupid leaving all those guys. Leave. You know what I'm saying? Because you can run with that. You can run with any of those guys right now. Now, the question is, I know PCO is signed with Impact. I don't know about the rest of the other guys, uh, if they're working on their handshake deals, whatever. But right now, Impact will run with what they got. The pop, the, 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 like I said, they better run with this. And whether the next pay-per-view is not that great, you got Rebellion coming up, and you could use this. You got Jonathan Gresham become the leader of that whole group. You know what I'm saying? Because he, he's the Ring of Honor World Champion. And he was taken out. Well, we, so, we've, we've even got, you know, uh, because we, we were going to get onto the impact in a minute with Moose, but Moose saying to the Ring of Honor guys, or oh, oh, no more, you leave me, don't come for me, leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. Uh, will we mm. get a champion versus champion situation? Will Moose and Gresham, and what side will either man be on? Because Moose, of course, has got history in Ring of Honor. But before we move yeah. on to the last, like you said, the um, after seeing these guys in Honor No More, I think Tavern upside. But again, this was fantastic main event. The crowd seemed to be into Ring of Honor or PCO more than the majority of the Impact guys, which may be a bit surprised. But I think I will have to give this five out of five. Because um, this was just really, really good stuff. And like you used to talk about there, the image of Eddie Edwards ripping the Impact uh, logo off and it's been seen on the floor, thrown away like rubbish. It was an excellent image and a great thing to mention yeah. as well. Uh, so call that out of five. Yeah, I'll I score it a five out of five because this this was greatly produced. This is, I mean, who expected Eddie Edwards to turn on them? I mean, I didn't even see this. You know, I, I thought Macklin was going to be the one, you know, he figured, let me take advantage. You know, Alexander's no longer in the team, you know. And overall, the pay-per-view itself, I mean, again, like I said, I don't usually put impact in high praises, but this, the way they built this was beautiful. It was beautiful. Now, can they run with that ball and continue doing it? We got to see what way it goes. Well, that's the question. Well, so match of the night for me is going to be the main event. For you, is going to be, like I said, G.O.D. versus the Good Brothers, because first ever six out of yes, five. Exactly. Six. That was a six. Every <laughs> um, peel of the night for me, I'm going to say Morrissey and Moose, because those two big guys, they could just be boring with lockups and, you know, whatever it is. But, to put, but then again, a bit like the entire roster at the moment is just trying its hardest as well, you know? Yeah, well, my MVP in Unifying is weird. Uh, my MVP is um, Eric Young. And the reason I say that, I know a lot of people expect Eric Young to lose quickly to uh, Jay White because they figure, oh, it's Jay White, you know, because, you know, the name, the, the you know, the where he's at, championship uh, competition, whatever. But Eric Young, after all these years, that man can still deliver a good match. I mean, you may not agree with it, but I think, you know, I get – Credit to a guy who, you know, he probably could have won another five, ten minutes with Jay White. Yeah, that, that's, that's an excellent pick. You know, that, really, really good. Like I said, and Eric Young, Jay White, this show really delivered again. You know, like I said, from top mm-hmm. to bottom, really, really good. And I know we always kind of maybe disagree what we score a few hours or a show, but I'm going to have to give us a nine out of ten. Because maybe kind of like you know, no major titles or something that changed hands, but something major happened here, like I said, with the Bullet Club and the card of rule. It was just really good. He wants to make you watch more impact. Well, well, you're gonna be surprised what I'm about to say. Because I think this was a ten out of ten. Whoa. It was 
<laughs> well, I'm telling you, it was well produced. Um, let me tell you something. And I and I told my roommate this. I'm like, the Bullet Club and Good Brother match, or uh, the G.O.D. versus better not be disappointed. They did not disappoint. The main event did not disappoint. The world title didn't. The only match that I felt that maybe they should have put in the pre-show was the Matt Cardona against Jordan Grace. Yeah. Because the way it ended. Yeah. You know. Other than that. I mean, the way that, and I'm saying it because, like I said, I don't watch Impact. And like I said, I started watching Impact again. Um, the weekly show was because of Hard to Kill. But the way they set everything up, and now mind you, when I watch the weekly show, I skip a lot of matches because I'm not like, interested in matches. You know what I'm saying? But the way it was produced and the way it was set up, this is one of the, you know, one of the best shows of. So far, as far as pay-per-view, not better than Wrestle Kingdom, because Wrestle Kingdom is the bomb. <laughs> um, but it's there. It's in the top two already. You know what I'm saying? Now, yeah. my thing is, they, they you got to do, this is what I'm saying, Impact would be so great if they do stuff consistently. Stop being cheap. Pay the fucking wrestlers who making your company what it is today. Because, I mean, you could still bring in Josh Alexander, you could have still brought him up, which I doubt he's going to come back. But if you're going to bring somebody, you got to jo- – right now, Jonah could be the guy that could challenge most. You know what I'm saying? Instead of him challenging somewhere else. But he's the hottest yeah. heel. You could put a heel versus heel, you know? But I, well, this, I don't this, is, this is the interesting thing as well, like you said, because it, it, they can only go from downhill. It's even like the main event. It's the closest thing that we've had since WWE and WWE, like the invasion. And we know how that feud started. So it's all about the ending. Like you said, Impact have built so much good... I mean, you're giving it... Dude, if you're giving it 10 out of 10, it means it's good at the moment. You know what I mean? And it's like... And we, I think, back in my mind, I'm worried. About how can they fuck it up with the next year? This oh, should they, be beautiful they, building towards Bound for Glory in October. Like you said, we've got Rebellion in April, uh, which will be... That's what I'm saying. Like, right now, you they cannot afford to fuck this up. And I'm going to tell you that because right now, they have the ball in their hand. They got at least six wrestlers. They came from another company, okay? Matt Taven, former Ring of Honor World Champion. PCO, former World Heavyweight Champion. Kenny King, former Tag Team Champion. So you got a bunch of guys there that if you put them in a match with anybody from, from Impact, you could have a great match. You know what I'm saying? So now you got them in a group. Now, can you bring somebody in there that's going to be like like uh, like Sting did with NWO? You know what I'm saying? It's going to be the leader because... Yeah. You just lost Eddie Edwards. Eddie Edwards is not part of, of, I don't know more. Like I say, they cannot fuck this up. Well, the thing is as well is, is again, like you said, if they had, if we knew Alexander versus Moose was going to be for the world title at Rebellion, and then you can build up, like we said, what we've got with Ronald O'More and the Bullet Club, it would be next level excitement. And it's still, like I said, really up there. And I think the next time we'll do an Impact Review, We'll do Rebellion as a full review and then look at yeah. Sacrifice as we did today with Hard to Kill. Well, I think it's yeah. um, really, really well. Um, yeah, and, yeah. and like I said, it's been good. But the impact, we get the no surrender out because a couple of things happened on February 24th. First off, we oh, found... I, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen it, but go ahead. Right, Tell well, me first what off, happened. unfortunately, the next challenger for Moose at Sacrifice will be Heath. <laughs> I I did, I did not want to give the, your fans the news. That's why I said the next challenger. 
because it's a fucking joke. This is what I'm talking about. How you go from having W. Morrissey, a guy who gave you a good match, to bring Heath Slater? Are you kidding me? Anyway. Well, and also, at Sacrifice, we are going to get Jay White versus the returning Alex Shelley. And That's going to be a good one. We see Jay White cut a promo backstage, and he said it was strictly business and nothing personal. He said the same about turning on Gorillas of Destiny. It was nothing personal. He just didn't measure up to his standards of the betterment of the Bullet Club. He said he was the best leader the Bullet Club ever had. Carl and Gallows, who were in full Bullet Club outfits now, cut a promo about being the best tag team and being Bullet Club oh, originals. Wow. He said his business is nothing personal. He's the greatest Bullet Club leader. Wow. <laughs> what, what, what? Wow. <laughs> See, this is this is what I, I cannot wait till they show up in Japan. Cannot wait. And then, uh, finally, why Eddie? Why uh, yes, yes. said Eddie couldn't lay, uh, no one could lay hands on Eddie Edwards until he explained what he'd done. And he basically, around two years to Impact Wrestling, bringing outside co- talent into the company to compete for its world title. We recalled Rich Swan failing at his job and losing the championship to Kenny Omega, then Moose and Sammy Callahan losing in title matches. He did pin Omega in a tag match, and he thought his opportunity was coming until it didn't. It went to Josh Alexander. He realized then that impact had honor no more. Alicia Edwards wow. instructed her husband, imploring her to think about family and impact, and the wrestling fans supported him. He told her the future together is up to her, but honor no more is his family now. Wow, that's a good promo. <laughs> it makes that, sense. Yeah. Yo, wow, Impact is making sense? (laughs) I know, it's crazy. That's great. I forgot that he picked Eddie Omega in a tag scene. You and I moaned about it and go, why has Eddie not had a chance since? Yeah, I can't remember that. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. But that's beautiful. You see what I'm talking about? Who is writing this? (laughs) Did they hire somebody that we don't know? Or this Lance Storms? Because I know Lance Storms is producing, right? That's what I'm saying. Storms there, Scott Demore. Whoever's doing it at the moment, it's perfect. Oh my God! Are we going to be? Well, I think we're going to be doing a lot of impact stuff now because <laughs> this shit is unbelievable. I'm like, and by the way, everybody, I'm not drunk. I gave number ten on their paper. <laughs> That's no. what I'm saying. It is. It is great stuff at the moment, and it's so it's such a joyous experience, especially how many impacts we've done, and I know how uh-huh. harsh. Uh, we can sound sometimes an impact or how people perceive it. But it just shows at this moment in time, it is really, really good stuff. And it's not just one storyline that's keeping us invested in impact. Mm-hmm. It's all three of them. If only, listen, even that, that Mickey James, Chelsea Green um, storyline, you know it's going to happen. It's, it's bound to happen because, again, Matt Cardona, he's in the dark side. His wife is going to follow. I don't know if you saw Game Changer Wrestling. Oh, uh, where they did the um, uh, uh, GCW of the World, where um, um, Chelsea Green ended up, I don't know if they have it on YouTube, but ended up looking like she's going to be with Joey Janela. And she uh, supposedly, um, she hit a low blow to Matt Cardona. Everybody thought she was turning on him. And then Matt Cardona had like a, a ball protector. Yeah, oh, beautiful oh, storyline. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. So, 
That's why I love it when I see Chelsea Green all happy, hugging Mickey John. I'm like, yeah, she going to turn in your ass, and you're not even going to see it coming. And she may be the next um, Women's Impact Champion, you know? Like I said, mean, it's so interesting times. Like we've got the only yeah. one at the moment that needs to be sorted out incredibly is the Moose World Title and who challenges for that. But like you said, they can sort that out because Jonah in Impact as well said he wants proper challengers and he's going to yeah. face PCO at Sacrifice. So yes, again, that yes. is a match. That's going to be a crazy ass match. <laughs> PCO is a nut. Yeah. So you're going to have. And PTO is not going to back off either. That's that's, and you know what? Again, well, like this is why I say that Josh Alexander exit of the company will make um, Moose Titering a little weak because now if you don't give him Jonah, that you give him guys like Heath Slater, who Heath Slater has beaten to become the number one contention. So it's just, you know, um, I don't know if that's the writing on the wall that Moose may lose the belt soon. And if he's saying he doesn't want Iron no more to go after him, you know, they're going to go after him. They're going to go after him. I won't be so surprised if Matt Taven challenges him, which would be a great match, him and Taven, because Taven could wrestle. Uh, Mike, maybe Mike Bennett or Kenny King. So any of those guys could give uh, Moose a challenge, but he's later? What? No. <laughs> like we said, apart from that, really interesting times. And I will say, Set in stone will be the Impact Rebellion review. Uh, and then if Sacrifice really knocks our socks off, we'll see what happens there. But that is basically it for with Impact. And yeah, it's actually really, really good. And if you've not seen anything, just check it out. Uh, wherever it will be, just listen to the podcast for the reviews or actually working at clips on YouTube or going onto the Impact app in itself. And don't forget, we're across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. And ultimate one, where can they find you? Where can they listen to you and watch and all the other information? You go you go find me at Chokeslam Wrestling Report on the YouTube channel. Uh, also I got an audio podcast that I drop off on Sundays. You can find it at Amazon, Spotify, uh, any audio podcast platforms that you guys like to listen to your favorite shows. And uh, I usually put it on my Twitter, my link on my my apparel store to check that out. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram. Well, Dublin also on Facebook and Instagram as well. Of course, all Google platforms. So, us an email to Dublin Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube at Dublin Podcast where all lights, clips, and podcasts got the same SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So, that is it. We have had the return of the Ultimate One. And, man, I've got to say, it's been so much fun having you back. Thank you. Thank you. Again, guys. No surrender was a 10. A 10. <laughs> Remember, I said that. So, in case you are getting, you know, thinking that I'm drunk or something, no, it was a 10. If you have not seen No Surrender, trust me, you want to hear this review? It's worth watching, it's worth the money. Right. Well, I will say as well, uh, like I said, you'll definitely be back in April. I don't know what your plans are for, you know, the next month or the next few weeks. Uh, but... No, we, we not. Don't, 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 don't try to escape from me, buddy. We <laughs> do. We're not just doing a rebellion for April. You forget. There's an AEW pay-per-view coming up in a, in a uh, couple of weeks. Uh, next weekend. Well, so I will say, see you. If you let me finish, sir. If you let me finish. The WNR team is getting oh. together next oh, weekend really? for AEW Revolution pre-show. 
And I was going to ask if you want to not only get back together with Monty and Jaxi, but meet Gina for the first time and take part in our AEW Revolution pre-show. What day is that, the 12th? Uh, next Saturday. Okay, you got it. You're down. You yeah, got me, buddy. Right. There we go. You've heard uh-huh. it here first. You've heard it here, everybody. Uh, the Ultimate is going to rejoin Team Devon. Like I said, Jaxi, Gina, and Monty with myself for AEW Revolution. So that should be the biggest show in dubbing our history. So no pressure. <laughs> no, no, ain't no pressure over here, buddy. You know I speak to my mind. So now that uh, Impact has done Day's show to attend, let's see if AEW can top that. Right, we'll be going to look at AEW Dynamite and the campaigns leading up to it and have so much fun there. But it's been fun today. And, of course, I was James Rollins and I was joined by the brilliant Ultimate One again, man. We can't let this happen again. No, no. It was, listen, and I want to apologize because, like I said, I got booked. Like, I had so much stuff going on. I was going to wrestling shows. I was doing a lot of stuff. And the timing, you know, is crazy. But I'm, I'm I definitely will be uh, in, the, in the WNR podcast team next weekend. We'll, we can do this. Well, like I said, it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, thanks Thank for being you. on, and thanks, everybody, for Anytime, listening. Brother. Anytime. Um, like I said, I'm always a pleasure. All right. All right, everybody, take care, and thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>